0: Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Most of you probably welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Um, It is me, Brittany, as always. And at the top of this podcast, I just need to shout out my husband real quick, who is in the next room putting our daughter to bed and being just super dad. We have been out of town. We left um for a wedding in Washington over the weekend, and it was our first time away from her, which was crazy, but so needed. I really i I think Helen and I both can agree that we have you kind of know the value of date nights and spending time alone and connecting, but there was something about getting away overnight. We stayed two nights, technically. But it does feel like you need a full almost kind of 24 hours to really, I don't want to say disconnect because you'll never be disconnected from your child, but to kind of get out of like, quote, parent mode. Because when, you know, for example, he's going to put Ashton to bed right now and then we're going to hang out. We're going to watch some TV and just connect and talk. He was in New York and he just flew in today. So obviously we missed each other. We've been hanging out as a family all day. And then Ashton's going to go to bed. And then we're going to have like adult time, you know, and, and hang out with each other. But you're still so aware that she's in the next room. So you kind of never really turn off. You're still just on, if that makes sense. I think if you're a parent, you probably understand. But there's something about going away overnight that there's enough time that passes. And my mom watched her and she was so fine. She was happy, no issues. And it was like the more that every time it was reinforced that she is okay. Of course we missed her the whole weekend, but we kind of were able to like just sigh relief and just be really completely present with each other and not be on in the sense of like, Oh, our child is, you know, relying on us to survive. So yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, it was, I just love being in weddings or not in weddings. We were in it, but just at weddings, being present for love and two people coming together. And, um, especially when they know the importance of what they're doing and they really take it seriously. And it's a covenant between the two of them and God, it was just so beautiful. They had the ceremony at their house. They have this beautiful historic home, um, in Washington that they've been renovating and um, they had the the ceremony out on the lawn and then some like a huge charcuterie board inside the house. And it's just stunning. It was just so beautiful. And we had the best time, but literally we flew back and the very same day. Kellen went home. Well, we all went home as a family, reunited with Ashton, had a great time for like an hour. Kellen repacked, immediately went back to the airport to get on a plane and fly to New York and work. Um, he's just such, he's been so incredible with that, with kind of allowing us to be back here in California near our families and just being such a trooper and flying back and forth. So it was definitely a group decision. It wasn't like more me or more him. It was a group, like we really, as a couple decided that was what was best for our family. But still, I mean, it's more taxing on him than it is on me. Like, yes, I have Ashton, you know, on my own when he's out of town, but I do have family close by. And he is, you know, it's not going from LA to New York is not a very quick flight. I mean, it's opposite sides of the country. So, shout out to you, babe. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. But he got back today. So, he's like, I want to put her to bed. So, we went in there. We kind of start putting her down together. And then, when it comes time for like, you know, we pray together and whatnot. But then he'll give her a bottle and, you know, put her to bed and pray over her. And it's just so sweet. So, anyways. Um, that being said, let's jump into tonight's... Well, I say tonight because it's it's nighttime right now, but it's probably the daytime where you're listening. But let's jump into today's topic. I'm so excited. So this is something that I've like written blog posts about, um, Instagram posts about, and I feel very, very strongly, especially in um, the last year. I think this is so key. Um, this last week, well, before the wedding we went to, there was a women's night at our church. And so my mom and my sister-in-law and I went and we listened and um, Christine Kane was speaking. And if you don't know who Christine Kane is, she's amazing. Um, Look her up. But she was speaking. And I want to kind of reiterate what she said because I thought it was so good and such a timely reminder. And then when I got home, it didn't stop. God kept speaking to me about it. So I kind of have these two ideas and these two thoughts. But basically the whole point of her talk and the whole um, focus was what is your anchor? What are you anchored to? And if you've been you know, around for a while, you're going to be like, yes, Britt, we've heard you talk about this before. The thing that I loved about what she said is she painted this picture, and she grew up in Australia in a Greek family. And apparently, if I get the if I have the story correct, they used to go to one specific beach growing up um, over and over. I think it was where, from what I remember her saying, it's where all of the Greeks went. It was like they all went there, but there was a a bad like undertow or rip current in at that beach. And her dad would bring like a giant bright umbrella and bright, you know, towels and stuff. And he would tell her, and I feel like she has siblings, but basically he would tell them, make sure when you're in the water, you look up and you check your markers. Look up at the beach. And if you're not familiar with the ocean, um, a rip current can pull you, well, it does pull you out to sea, but it can also pull you laterally along the beach where, and this has happened to me, I grew up going to the beach all the time. Um, and it's amazing cause you, you'll go to the, you know, you'll be swimming in the ocean and you'll look up. And for example, we have lifeguard towers and so, and the lifeguard towers have numbers on them that correspond with the street numbers. So for example, like 56th street and then 59th street and whatever, so we would look up, like we would park at 56th street, go out, go swimming. And then you'd look up and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm at 72nd. Within seconds, you have gone like 20 streets and you're like, shoot. And then you paddle in and you have to walk all the way back down to where your stuff is or where your family is. Um, and this is obviously when we were more grown, when we were kids, my mom was very, very, um, she knew the power of the ocean. So she kept a a close eye on us, but basically she was just sharing how They would go to the beach and he would tell them, hey, make sure you look up and you check your markers because if not, you're going to drift. And this was kind of the key phrase that really stuck with me and kind of her main point, which was he would tell them, the only thing you have to do to drift is nothing. And she correlated it to, you know, our relationships and our walks with God, which is often you think, oh, I need to do X, Y, or Z that basically goes against our relationship with God in order to drift away from Him. And the whole point is, at this point in time, at this point in culture and society and in the world, doing nothing, you're going to drift. Because there is so much that is constantly pulling us away from God that unless we firmly are anchored and active and holding on to that anchor, we are going to drift. So the first question is, what are you anchored to? Are you, you know, if you were to take a step back and look at your life, are you anchored to anything? Are you just being blown around? Are you anchored to a person who has mood swings because we're not perfect? We're all human beings. Are you anchored to a job that you could lose tomorrow? What are you anchored to? And so I loved that question because it does. Like, I think sometimes without knowing it, we like, you know, toss our anchor in and, we're like, okay, we're here. We're anchored to God. And without knowing it, we feel afraid. We feel full of anxiety. We feel full of stress. We feel unstable and insecure. And it says in the Bible how secure our God is. And so when we start feeling full of anxiousness, lack of hope, feeling insecure, feeling unstable, that's a really good indicator that we are not anchored to Christ, that we're not anchored to God because he is an immovable anchor. And the second thing, the cool thing about God is like you can be, and maybe this, hopefully this, I mean, I pray that this podcast does this for you guys, at least, you know, majority of the time, which is when I was there listening to her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I can say like, I'm confidently like anchored to Christ. Like this is awesome. But when I got home, God continued to speak to me and he had me reflect on a few things And the second thing that I wanted to bring up is like, the first is what are you anchored to? Just like take a minute and just really think, are you really anchored to Christ? Are you anchored to fear? Are you anchored to the news? Are you anchored to social media? Like, what is your anchor? What do you hold on to to keep you secure when life starts going sideways? And if it's anything other than God, there's gonna be an expiration date on that or there's gonna be the ability for that thing to break. And then all of a sudden you will find yourself, if you haven't already, just being cast to and fro like a boat that's anchorless in the sea. The second thing that, and this is when I got home and I was just kind of thinking about the message and just kind of meditating on it. And the cool thing was God started saying like, basically the sentence I heard was check your slack. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you have a rope or you have an anchor, it's attached to a rope or a chain, but I'm just going to use a rope because, you know, That's what I, that's the analogy I'm going with, but you know, you have a certain amount of rope, a certain amount of length attached to that anchor, depending on the depth of the water, right? And so if you're in shallow water, you don't need as much rope. You only need as much rope as will go from the boat to the bottom of the ocean or wherever you're going to anchor to. And then obviously if you're in deeper waters, you need more rope. And the cool, it was just kind of crazy because I was thinking and I'm like, wow, had you asked me at any point in my life, are you anchored to Christ? I would have said yes. I was a believer. Yes, I had my hardships. I had you know, moments where my faith was challenged. But I never got to the point where I literally was just, forget this. I'm walking away. God doesn't exist. I had had too many encounters with Him and too many powerful experiences that even when I was really angry at situations and circumstances and things that had happened in my life and even angry at God, I never... like shut the door, turn my back on him. So if you would have asked me any given day, I would have been like, yeah, Christ is my anchor. Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And it was like, oh, and I love that verse. And I was like, yeah, Christ is my anchor. Like God, I'm anchored to God. But one thing I didn't realize is that even though I was saying that, I was letting out slack where I shouldn't have. So for example, if you can go with me on this little picture, because you know that God likes to speak to me in pictures, and I hope this is clear. Hypothetically, suppose I'm in water that's 20 feet deep. So I let out 20 feet of rope. So it's pretty taut. Like I'm anchored to the bottom. If a storm comes, I'm not going too far. If there's a boat, you know, however many, 100 yards away, I'm not going to drift over that boat because I'm anchored. And God kind of showed me that there were moments in my life where I definitely would have said I'm anchored. And maybe that's some of you, if I asked you, you're like, yeah, I'm anchored. But the decisions you're making are you're letting out slack. So for example, you know, it was like, oh, I, yeah, I'm like dating this person that like isn't saved. And I know that this isn't who God has for me, but I'm still anchored to God. But what I was doing is I was anchored to him, but I had let out a little more slack. So here I like let out, you know, five feet of rope. So now I'm not as secure. Now the boat has a little bit more lateral movement, if that makes sense. You know, it might've been one of those situations. Like for example, I was never really a big drinker, but hypothetically, let's say like I went out and it says in the Bible, like, you know, to be sober minded and, you know, not to be, not to get drunk off of wine or, you know, to be, to black out. And let's say that I went out and I was like, Oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm young. I'm in my twenties. Like I'm just going to, I'm just going to get drunk. I've let out a little bit more slack. And then, you know, just different decisions and life decisions I was making, I was just letting out slack. So here I was saying, oh, I'm anchored to God. And technically I was, it wasn't that I wasn't anchored to him, but I was saying that I was while allowing this rope to just keep pouring out of my boat. And so here in my mind, I have this illusion that I'm anchored but I have this super long rope that's not taut, that's not tight, that's not keeping me secure, I might as well almost not even have a rope. You know, I might as well not even have an anchor. Because if you think about a boat who's in like 20 feet deep water with 100 feet of slack, well shoot, if a storm comes, technically it's anchored to the bottom in a way you know the anchor is on the is resting on the bottom, but that boat still has so much movement, and those winds can take it places that it didn't ever plan to go or didn't want to go. It can, you know, if there are rocks nearby and you have too much slack, you're going to smack into those rocks. You might even get a hole and sink your boat while your anchor is resting on the floor of the of the water, if that makes sense, or the floor of the um, the sea or the body of water, if that makes sense. So. That was just, that's something that I've kind of been thinking about even now is like, okay, Lord, where are there areas where I can tighten that rope back up? Because if you ask me, I would say my anchor is secure in Christ. And I do believe it. But I do think that there are days that I probably don't make the best decisions. And there are probably things in my life that can be tightened. And, um, you know, kind of that distance between me and my anchor, that distance between me and my Savior and me and my God, can probably be a little bit shorter if i rein in that rope and if i draw in and if i make better decisions. So i just wanted to to kind of challenge all of us with that is first question what are you anchored to? And then the second question check your slack. The second, you know, point is just check the length of rope. So if you're like yes, i'm totally anchored to Christ, How is the distance between the two of you? Are there some things that you could be doing to close that gap even more so? And I also had this thought, which I really loved, and I don't even know if it's called an anchor, but do you guys, if you've ever watched any sort of superhero movie, like a Batman or anything, or an action movie, you guys know where they throw the hooks, like suppose you want to scale a building and you throw a hook up and over like either a tree or a building, and then you can pull on it and pull yourself up. I kind of got that thought too, because when you think of anchor, of course you think like nautical, you think the water, you think boats, but I also had this picture of, wow, often we think of God as being in heaven above us, right? Like in every sense of the word, like figuratively and literally, I feel like I am below him and I like it there. (laughs) I never want to make myself bigger than God. But in that, I almost felt like spiritually, I was throwing an anchor into heaven and then just kind of pulling on it and it's secure up there. And I don't want it to be loose down here where there's a ton of slack. I want it to be tight to where when I need to communicate with him, it's almost like, do you remember those, um, if you're my age or older, you definitely will get this. I don't know if younger kids or younger people, if you were born, like, I don't know, after 1995, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but go with me. There are the old school telephone, you know, contraptions that that you would make. You would have a cup on either end and a string. And as long as that string was super taut, if you yelled into it, that vibration would carry through the little string all the way to the other person and they could hear what you said, which is so cool. And that was kind of the picture I had is like, throw my anchor up into heaven, it's gonna be secure because God is always our secure, our firm hope. But then also check and make sure it's really nice and tight because when I need to go to him, I don't want to be yelling into this limp rope and be like, "Shoot, why isn't God listening or why isn't He hearing me?" Well, maybe there's some things I need to pick up and I need to tighten up. Now, that being said, I don't want to be—I don't want to be misheard where God can't speak to you or we can't talk to God if we—if our life is messy. That's not true at all. I'm just saying, for me as someone who's actively looking for the areas that I can grow in and where I can get close to Him in. I want him to show me that. And that was just a picture he showed me, which is, you know, if I throw that anchor up into heaven, I want to make sure that like I have that rope nice and tight or when I need him or I want to communicate with him, I am, you know, I have that anchor real secure. And when I cry out to him, I'm close to him. That vibration goes straight up. He can hear me. I hope that makes sense. Obviously, um, if you can't tell, God really like kind of talks to me in pictures. But sometimes when I'm trying to express them, It's hard sometimes, right, to like express a thought that you have in your mind. But anyway, that's kind of just where my thought process was. So going into this next week, whatever you're doing, whenever you're listening to this, I really would just challenge you as I'm challenging myself, ask yourself what you're anchored to and then check your slack. Are there some decisions? Are there some things in your life that even right now as I'm talking, you're like, oh, that really should be different this should change, or I should really, you know, whatever it is, I just want to encourage you, you can do it, and it's so worth it. When I started, you know, for me, it was like, I need to break up with this person. Not only are they not saved, but I know that this isn't the person God has for me. I know that, so every day that I'm entering into this relationship, not only am I in sin, because I'm going against what God is telling me to do, but I'm also a keeping myself from the person God has for me and B I am keeping I am getting in the way of God getting through to the person I'm with and bringing them the person that God has for them so really I am in a very bad place all around because it's not just about me it's also about this other person and if I don't set them free if if God is telling me that I am not the per- that they're not the person for me well by default I am not the person for them which means God has someone else for them and if I am present filling that spot, he can't move in their life. He can't bring that person into their life. So for me, it was that. It was also like, shoot, I'm not in the word. I'm not praying as much as I know I should. And it was really just laziness at the end of the day. It wasn't even that I was too busy. I just didn't want to make time for it. I think because I knew God would bring some things up that I needed to face and deal with. And I was like trying to prolong it as long as possible and kind of put it off but if I can encourage you, yes, sometimes making those decisions is hard. It can be painful when you have to remove people or relationships or behaviors from your life that are so comfortable and so familiar. And to be honest, they make you feel good. Some things don't make us feel good. Those are easier to get rid of, but the things that make us feel good, those are hard to get rid of. Like why do we want to be in pain? We don't. But what I can say is that it is so worth it to get with God. Ask him, hey, tell him, I want to be anchored to you. If that's your desire, tell him that. And then ask, what are the things that are getting in my way? How can I make this line a little bit tighter so that I am more secure and confident and rooted in you? And as he brings those things up, you guys, he never brings something up for you to change and say, okay, here's your list. Go change it and come back when you're done. That is not the God we serve. The God we serve is like, hey, these are the things that you can change. I am with you. I will never leave your side. I will never forsake you. I am with you. We are a team. You don't have to do anything alone ever again as soon as you invite Jesus in and you do life with him. If he's indwelling inside of you, then you never have to be alone as you go forward. And once I really had that realization of, oh my gosh, I'm not... I'm not doing this by myself. Yes, it's hard. Yes, sometimes there are consequences to the decisions that I made without consulting God. But guess what? I don't have to deal with the repercussions or the consequences on my own. God is still there walking me through. So I just want to encourage you, if there are some things that you know you need to change, write them down. Pray about it. And just know that you're not alone in doing this, that God is right there with you. He's giving you the strength. He's giving you the peace of mind. And the only reason... Why he would tell you to make these changes is because he has better for you. And yes, sometimes there's a mourning period. Yes, sometimes there's a grief period where, you know, there's going to be loss sometimes. I've had many moments of loss where I'm like, oh, why are you taking this relationship or this thing? And without a doubt, like with, like he has always, always, always showed up and replaced that with something so much better And so much more fulfilling. And so much more of what I wanted. Sometimes I didn't even know I wanted it until I got it. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. I can't believe that I would have missed this had I just done things in my own mind. So I love you guys so much. I pray for you as always. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it challenged you a little bit. And I will see you guys next podcast. Bye.